There they go. Chaos Theory. You can hear them every day from 10 to 11. Once again, it's your boy Harbaugh Harge. I'm happy to be here with you. Cannot wait. 11.30, the Major Leaguer, the Hall of Famer, number one overall draft pick in 1990, Chipper, Chipper Jones, will be joining me. Now, there's some things that might have happened with Chipper, um, schedule-wise, but you, you know what? He's going to make it happen for us. We made some adjustments. We might have to do one of those Norm Watkins interviews, but he will be with us. Once again, it's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. Thank you for tuning in to Hanging with Harge right here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. Uh, I want to thank those guys, Bucky and BK, always doing a great job. Wags, my man, Wags, and Rodney with Chaos Theory. And then, of course, a little bit later on, um, Chip. We got Jeff Barker joining trade today. That's going to be pretty cool. Barker's a good friend of mine. Love that guy. And uh, and then Chip and Zay finishing out the day from three to five. But, yes, this is your boy, Harbaugh Hard. I represent the 254, and now I represent the 512. We got a lot to get into today, but I wanted to start the show off <clears throat> by – Making people understand that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And what that means is beauty cannot be judged objectively. For what a person finds beautiful and admirable is not the same thing that you find or possibly can't find. So it takes me to the point of what I was saying about the University of Texas football team. And everybody was expecting this game to be another flawless game. We've had the conversations numerous times about um, expectations. And what you see is not always what you get. I end every show, every show, by saying, don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. And that is true. We had Trey come on last week and say, you are correct, Mike. I tried to put some sugar where I should have had some salt and it didn't go as well. It just happens that way. But when the Texas Longhorns were able to win the game on Saturday, everybody was on pins and needles. They were, oh, my gosh, look at this team. We're expected to go out here and blow this Wyoming team out. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. Shout out to my man, John. Shout out to Sal. Appreciate y'all hollering at me, saying hello. Welcome to it. But I said last week, don't underestimate Wyoming, number one. Number two, I said, you have to get out of your own way a lot of times in this situation. And what I mean by that is Texas was being told all week how great they were. Oh, you Texas Longhorns. Oh, my gosh, you beat Alabama. Now people are questioning Alabama. That's another conversation for another day. But you sit there and you're saying, Oh, you guys are so great. You shocked the world. You're walking around smoking cigars, popping bottles, coming back in town, showing out, getting all the ladies. You know that's going down. You know the ladies was like, hey, aren't you so-and-so? Yeah, I'm him. I'm him. <laughs> so they were trying to, you know, enjoy the moment, so to speak. But the reality of it is, you have to understand that a lot of teams that you think are going to attack you one way or you think that you have more superior talent, you have to understand that the transfer portal, the transfer portal has brought parity back to every single game. You saw it this weekend. Top 25 teams struggling early. Then they pull away. Or some of them coming down to the very end. You see it happen way too often nowadays. And that reason 
is strictly because the parity in competition now has grown so high is is something that you need to understand is going to happen every single week. The game plan might be on point. There might be some situations that come up during that time. But you start to understand that the team that you're going to face, you're everybody's Super Bowl. You're, you're going to get everybody's best game plan. Nobody's walking into any stadium anymore and thinking that they are going to get blown out. Not one kid thinks that anymore. We heard earlier in the week Coach Sark talking about this guy, this, this team is an older team, it's a mature team, and it's a fundamental team. Talking about Wyoming. And you had an opportunity to look at the the game and you're saying, okay, we saw what we saw against um we saw what we saw against Alabama, and everybody just was like, oh, they're just gonna walk out there and they're gonna play at a very high level. Yes, we all wanted that and we all expected that. But the fact of the matter is, teams are are closer than you think, strictly because of transfer. And coaching staffs, too. Because Oscar Giles was in meetings before. Oscar Giles knows a lot of the personnel. Oscar Giles is a former Texas Longhorn who is also competitive. OG was out there, and he was telling these kids, get ready to play. This is what you expect. This is how the crowd's going to be. This is going to be an opportunity because, again, the nation is watching you. That's what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. So for me, going back to what I said at the very beginning, the eye, the beauty, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I thought that was beautiful because this is something that this Texas football team in the past would have lost. Texas is 3-0 and for the first time since 2012. Chew on that for a little bit while you're over there being upset. While you're, while you're looking at this team differently and saying, oh, man, they left a lot out there. They know that. I'm sure Sark is talking about it at his press conference right now. They went back and watched the film, and I know a lot of you are now going back and watching that film. And you're saying, oh, we missed this. We missed that. Well, there was an opportunity here. But this is a team that I've told you since the very beginning, since Sark three years ago when he took the job, to now you're having an opportunity to play a lot of young players. You're, you're bringing people in that don't know how to handle success. And I said that last week, too. I said we will find out a lot about this team because when you have success, how do you know that you can handle it? You come out and you win by 21. When you were 28-point favorite, some books had 30. And it took a late surge by your team to be able to make plays, to run away with this game. Was this a tight game? Absolutely. Was this a game that everyone initially, when you went down to the park and you were more worried about the syncing up your phone so you could be part of the light show? You needed to put respect on every team's name moving forward. Because even a wounded Baylor, a Baylor team that does not look very good, is going to be ready to play the University of Texas this weekend. You're going on the road to a place where nobody likes you. To a place that Texas fans don't like going. So you know it's going to be rowdy. You know it's first game in Big 12 play. So you have to make sure that you now have been humbled enough to know Guys, we got to be sharper. We can't ever underestimate our opponent. And we talked about 
the players only meeting that um, Quinn yours decided to have. That's cool. That's cool. But why would you have to do that? Why did you feel like you needed to do that? You won. You had a big game. Was it because some of the players were feeling themselves? We talked about rat poison. Don't, don't get caught up in it. And again, Texas won the football game. They didn't, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, but definitely on the offensive side of the ball, as I've talked about before, and I'll continue to bring it up, my man Quinn, yours fundamentals has got to get better. He has to get better because you're calling the meeting and you're the one that didn't play your best. Now, again, I tell you, it happens. We've all been around it. We've seen it. We've dealt with it. But the Texas Longhorns are three and up at this time. I want to give out some superlatives because I want to make sure that I get some of this stuff in right now in case you're just now joining us. My man Chipper Jones will be joining me right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, uh, hanging with Harge at 11.30 Central Time, 12.30 Eastern Time. Uh, he was going to be like in the box, and he still may be in the box, but uh, he had something come up today, so he had to make an adjustment, but he's still going to make time for me to get on the show and for us to have a little conversation. But I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Jade Barron. Jade Barron is somebody that we need to start putting total respect on this young man's name. I've, I've said it from the very beginning. I think he's one of those players that if he were playing for Colorado, for Deion Sanders, he would have a D on his uniform because he is that type of dog. All that dude does is make plays, impactful, he's disruptive, and he continues to make unbelievable effort plays. When a, when a big play is needed, like they tried to, Wyoming tried to run a wide receiver screen, he blew that play up so fast that they were trying to get a first down to continue a drive to make it a little bit more interesting. He came up and made the big play. And he's done that time after time after time. And I was pissed off because he wasn't on the first team uh, preseason all Big 12. And I'm going to be even more pissed off if he doesn't get recognized for the player that he is. Dude is an absolute dog. And we need to put some respect on his name. Another player that we need to put some respect on his name is Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks is the guy that I continue to, to not understand how people don't give him his props. I don't get it. Every time he touches the ball, something positive happens. Now, I understand C.J. Baxter is one of the top backs in the country. He's got that lean forward every time that he runs. I get that. I get that. But Jonathan Brooks makes plays. And if you paid attention to every chance he's gotten, he's moved piles. He's got stronger late in the game. So what more do you want from this young man? I know. Catch the passes out of the backfield, dropping the balls when he can be able to walk himself in to the, to the spot. But what I can say is he went 21 for 164, 7.8 yards of carry with a 61-yard finishing run. And according to Pro Football Focus, and again, folks, you know me, I feel about Pro Football Focus. They, they can be suspect, but they, they do good work. No, I, ain't, I ain't criticizing. But from the report that was out this morning, he forced 10 missed tackles. That's that's good. That's good work. If you can find it, and I think you found it. I still believe you need to give him the ball a little bit more. Give him that opportunity. I know we're trying to sh share runs with C.J. Baxter and even Jaden Blue. I dig it. I dig it. But put some respect on his name because I I, I dig this guy, and he's going to be an NFL back. I promise you that. The D line continues. The, the D line continues to show up. Now, there, there's some gap assignments that are being worked out with young players. We all get that. That's why they had the one big run because of a missed 
gap assignment. You got out of the bad angle. You had a bad angle. I get it. But this team and this defense is where you can honestly look every single week to find the most consistent part of it. They're very consistent on defense. And again, the story last year was a lot about Gary Patterson and what he's brought. BK, you're doing your damn job, bro. I'm impressed with the people that you're putting on the field and the positions that you're putting them in to make plays. That's good coaching. That's good coaching. Keep it going. And then I also want to give a shout out to uh, the secondary. And I know Jaron Thompson has been picked on a little bit this year. And, you know, he, he's been taking some bad angles on a couple plays and doesn't seem to be the fleetest of foot in the secondary. But one thing he does know how to do is come downhill. He is He's getting after it. And he's continuing to make timely play. The defense in, in the last game had five tackles for loss. Now, you may say that's not a big enough number. That may not be enough for you. But when you're spending a lot of time in the backfield and being disruptive on a quarterback who I thought, I was like, man, who is this dude slinging this football? Man, this dude is out here throwing his football. That quarterback is slinging it. So you're trying to adjust on the fly. But I think that this team has been able to do that. Shout out to my man, Nash. Thanks for checking in, my brother. And you're right. He recovers and he makes up for plays. So does a lot of the players on the team. When they are out of position, they don't give up on the play. They're trying to go make a play. So you got to definitely enjoy that. And lastly, for me, this offense has got to get better. What I mean by that is just be more consistent in the things that need to be cleaned up. I'm still confused about some of these routes and how we miss them when they're wide open. I mean, they have to be able, Quinn, you have to hit those guys. They're working their tail off to get open. And I know that there were some drops, but some of those passes were behind people. You're throwing them after they break and instead of when they break. So it, it, there's a lot that still needs to be cleaned up as far as timing is concerned. On the other hand, they have to start making receptions. Catch the dang ball. Catch the ball. My man, Quan Cosby, who just got inducted into the uh, Longhorn Hall of Honor, that's one of his biggest pet peeves as a wide receiver. Your job is to catch the ball, and if it touches your hand, catch the ball. Take pride in it. Take pride in it. Devin DuVernay was one of the best to ever come through the uh, University of Texas wide receiver room. I think that dude might have had two drops in his entire career. We got guys that have three drops within the first three games. Take pride in that. I know Chris Jackson going to get you right. And is there any way, there should never be a football game that the University of Texas plays that JT Sanders ever leaves a game without a catch. Do you hear me? There should never be a game at the University of Texas while zero on the offensive side is playing that he leaves a game without a catch. Are you kidding me? Now, I'm a big Sark fan. You know he's got the plays. He's got the script. He's got everything. He can scheme the hell out of some offenses. But I need to see J.T. Sanders with the ball in his hand early in the game. When he makes, when he catches it, he is, he is definitely making plays. Get him the ball. And I can't, I can't even talk about Jay Witt anymore. I can't. That's my dog. I love me some Jay Witt. I just don't understand how he can get the ball more. The dude has worked his tail off, and he's earned it. Give that dude an opportunity to make plays for you. I just, I, I just don't get that. But again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And this is a 21-point win. Number three ranked team in the nation now. 
that even when they don't play their best games, because everybody's still talking about Rice and how they didn't show up and they played down, and then they go to Alabama and they put up big numbers, and that game should have been a blowout if they make a couple plays here and there. And then all of a sudden, you sit there and you're looking at this team and you're like, okay, we're about to roll. Who is going to be closest to them? And then they go out and play subpar, but still win by 21 because the defense make plays, special teams, shout out. I kept saying we were going to get a block, and I thought Keelan Robinson almost had that block. He came close. But then you had an X-Man taking those chances that he normally does, and he makes positive plays. He scares the hell out of me with them. What kind of pants are those, by the way? What kind of pants is my man wearing? I saw his game attire one day, and they was just as high shorts. I mean, like, he ain't got no knee pads on. Somebody asked me, does he even wear hip pads? I don't even know. But it was making things happen. But this is a, a team that has an opportunity to do something special, and we haven't even seen their perfect game yet. We haven't seen a perfect game by this team. And we're sitting, Texas is sitting at 3 and 0 for the first time since 2012. Come on, guys. Be happy. Damn, be happy. I know we like to act like we're not happy, but please be happy. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, my man, Covert BK. Covert BK is nestled on 42 acres in a beautiful Texas hill country. That's right. Located right in BK, Texas. BK's is a ways, folks. But once you drive out there and you see that Covert BK's has a three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven different brands, whether you're looking for a Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram, and if they don't have it there, you can always go check the folks out in Huddle because they got Ford out there. And they also have Ford Lincoln in Austin right off of 183. No matter what you're looking for, Covert has it for you. Covert B-Cave has 86 bays, service bays. That will make sure that you don't have to be there long. All you have to do is make the appointment and go in there and get your car serviced, and they will take care of you. Please go visit covertbcave.com for the latest specials and inventory or just stop by and see what they got because Covert has something for you. That's what I need to know. Got this perfect question right here. I'm asking this. Question is, why in the hell isn't they or playing? He didn't even get a shot against his own team. His old team. I don't know. And I'm sure that today during the press conference with Coach Sark, I'm sure somebody's going to ask that because he's not on the injury report. He's seen the, everything kept saying that he was so good and was ready to go. But now all of a sudden, we haven't seen him, and especially against his old team, I thought that would have been an opportunity for him to be out there. I was talking about the transfer portal just a little while ago, making it even in a better playing field. Tanisha said the same thing. She said she'll agree on the transfer portal. It's become an equalizer. And the reason why it's become an equalizer is because coaches are filling gaps in where they, they are lacking a certain level of toughness and skill. There's some guys that are in the transfer portal that have had grad transfers, that have had big moments, that have had things happen in their life where they've seen it all. So when they get a chance to go to a Wyoming or go to Texas State down the road or even go to Colorado, They've got some skins on the wall, so they've seen some things, and nothing is going to, what do you say, nothing is going to shock them. So they're going to be prepared and ready to go. So to me, I think that's why we've seen so much parity in here and where you can go and watch a game this week where everybody kept saying there's not going to be any games that are worth watching this, this past weekend, and every game came down to the fourth quarter in some of those top spots. So I thought, hey, that's what one thing that people continue to not bring into the equation is teams are playing at a high level because they have older and mature players on their, on their squad. If you look at the Big 12, all of the quarterbacks, or you look at the top quarterbacks, for example, 
if you look at the top quarterbacks, majority of them um, have done just that. They went out and got quarterbacks. BYU got Clendon Slovis, who's been around. Oklahoma went and got Dylan Gabriel, who's been around. And you just got to understand, Texas, Texas quarterback is a transfer. Came in from Ohio State. So when you sit and you look at all of these different teams and what they were able to do and how they've been successful, and I'm just talking Big 12. We played against Rice, and they had a quarterback that had been to four different schools. Think about that. And he played us three times here in Austin at DKL. I mean, what are you thinking about? So there's a lot that, that, that goes into preparing for teams and the respect that needs to be on there. And one of the biggest things for me, and I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, I just need to see um, Quinn Ewers become a consistent quarterback that, that we, can, we can all sit here and say, this is a good move right here. This is our quarterback. I believe in it. I kept telling y'all, he's not, not going to be the quarterback. Everybody's clamoring for Malik Murphy. Everybody's clamoring for um, to get a chance to see Arch Manning. I would like to see Arch Manning as well. I would. Arch is in a position where he's the third-string quarterback, so Texas not blowing out teams is affecting his growth, it's affecting Malik Murphy's growth. And I know that they're getting a lot of work in practice, or maybe they're not. I don't know. We're not privy to that information. But this reminds me of the year that Colt McCoy was being pushed for the Heisman. Rightfully so. But if you remember, the backup quarterback during that time was Garrett Gilbert. And Garrett Gilbert ended up having to play in the national championship game without a lot of reps. I know he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. I know that. But as you look at it, you want to be able to be in some of these situations where you can get the young offensive players a chance to play. So that is the thing that I continue to, to look at and say, I want to see Texas go out there and start to put it all together where every single week you're going to see big numbers and then you'll get a chance to see some of the backup offensive players. That's the only reason why they should be in the game right now, to be quite honest with you. Because Texas still isn't clean on offense. And that's the other part. We want to see them get real clean on offense establishing the run. I'm glad to see that he decided to establish the run. I even tweeted it out. I was just like, run the ball, run the ball. The offensive line is grading them up front. Jonathan Brooks is hitting the hole. He's been very effective. You brought in the Savian Red package. And by the way, guys, Savian Red package, I like it because the other reason is because it was important for them to be able to um, see. But joining us, what up? So joining us right now, he was supposed to meet us on the stream yard, but my man is busy. He has a lot going on. Joining us, he's a Hall of Fame uh, player. He was the number one overall pick in the 1990 draft. He's, he's one of the players in the game that every player wanted to be like. He had the swag, and he carried himself as a pro even before he was a pro. He is my good friend. Chipper Jones. Chipper, Chipper Jones. What's happening, my man? <laughs> yeah, I like that little Dion reference right there. A little swag, little Chipper. Chipper Jones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Tell you what, our, our boy is showing out out there in Colorado. Uh, yes, he is. And I wanted to ask you about that before we get into the baseball talk. I wanted to ask you because I had you on the air not too long ago, and you told me, you said, when Chipper, when uh, Dion gets that job, over wherever it may be, I'm gonna go see if he will be if he'll let me be his offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, Coach Lewis over there right now in Colorado is one hell of a play caller. 
But it is impressive to see your guy, uh, Deion Sanders, do his thing, right? Yeah, I think uh, in hindsight, the uh, the Kent State coach was probably the better hire uh, than than myself. Uh, he's doing a whale of a job. Uh, obviously, you got to have the horse, you know, under center. And Shador Sanders is, uh, and he's showing out. And uh, I, I will I will give it to uh, Coach Norvell after being on the hot seat all week for his comments. His boys from Colorado State showed up, and uh, it was uh, one of the more entertaining games that we've seen this year. No doubt about it. It was definitely one of the most watched games just because of the anticipation. Even when Dion was on game day, he was talking about keep the cameras rolling at the end for that handshake. Well, he was hoping that they was going to roll them, but they had a dog fight, and, and now – you know, the eyes are all on Colorado, which is great for college athletics. You've been somebody that's been around Dion. You shared the outfield with him. You shared a locker room with him. He's one of your friends. But the thing about it is he's been the exact same person. So I, I truly don't understand why people have a problem with who he is because that's who he is. Well, they've been trying to trying to tear him down basically his whole career you know he's had the spotlight on him and and you know he's he's put the spotlight on himself you know i mean uh dion is two different people on and off cam you know i mean he is on camera he is promoting prime time he is promoting colorado he is promoting his players and he will do anything to make sure that the spotlight is on him slash them. Um, but there is not a better dude on the planet off camera. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't curse. I mean, he is one of the, the, the best Christians that I've ever met in my life. But it just seems like whenever you have that uh, mystique, you know, and I can bring up a guy like uh, Tim Tebow as example A, Dion as example B. That people are going to try and, and tear you down. I don't understand it. I think he's done a phenomenal job thus far and uh, deserves all the, the credit and accolades that they're receiving right now. Yeah, the news came out today that uh, Travis Hunter is going to be out uh, three weeks because they believe that he has a lacerated uh, liver uh, from that hit that he had on the sideline that, you know, a lot of people are calling it a dirty play. I've seen people, you know, calling for that guy to to uh, be suspended. I don't know if that's going to happen, but when you have a guy like that that can play both sides, that's probably your number one wide receiver and your number one cover corner, it's going to be a big problem, especially with who they have coming up this week in Oregon the following week against USC, and the week after that, they play Arizona State. So missing him is going to be a difference maker, but you got to give it to what you've been seeing from Shador Sanders. As you said, you got the right horse on the mound for you, and he's out there making every throw possible. Yeah, I agree. We're going to find out The bus going on the road to uh, Oregon and then obviously playing USC the following week. I think you're going to see a lot of what you've been seeing. You're going to see, you know, those those scores are going to be up in the 30s, maybe the 40s. Um, you know, defenses are going to be put to the test, and you certainly want your your big dog out there. And uh, it's unfortunate that happened to, to Travis. Uh, I, too, believe it was probably unnecessary. Um, but, you know, when you – you get uh, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> some unfortunate things are going to happen. Yeah, we're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. He's an eight-time All-Star, 1999 MVP, and he also won a batting title in 08. He was inducted into the uh, Major League Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, in 2018. Now, Chipper, I want to talk a little bit about your team. The Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are are putting up ridiculous numbers as a team. They're ninety six and fifty three. They lost three in a row, but Acuna came out of the game the other day, and now 
They're waiting to see what's going to happen with him. They won six straight NLEs titles, almost like when you guys were out there with uh, Maddox and Smoltz and, of course, Deion Sanders. What, what, what do you take away from this Atlanta Brave team for what they're doing historically right now? Uh, just that. I mean, uh, you know, their their season, at least offensively, has been epic. You know, when you're talking about trying to place them uh, as one of the top offenses to, to ever be assembled in the history of the game, that's that's uh, that's that's saying something. And it's been a privilege to be on the staff to help these guys uh, get mentally and physically prepared for each and every at-bat. Um, this year, uh, these guys, I will say this to a man, uh, they work harder than any team I've ever seen. Uh, they are meticulous with their routines. As you know, as a, as a professional baseball player, the routine is everything. If you stay in that routine, um, uh, you know, good things are going to happen. If you get out of that routine, things tend to be, uh, to go sideways. Yep. So they're, they're very meticulous. They're very hardworking. Uh, Sites does a great job with all the analytics information, getting that stuff all organized and ready for them. The second they, they walk into that cage, we're talking about who we're facing that night, who could we possibly see coming out of the bullpen. And, uh, it's a team effort, you know, I mean, between Sites and Bobby Magianis with the, um, you know, taking a lot of the Latin guys uh, under his wing and then myself as a third set of eyes. Uh, it's been uh, a lot of fun to watch these guys go out and do something that, that no other team, at least offensively, is uh, is in the same ballpark as them. Yeah, that's the funny part about it because you just brought up the other two hitting uh, coaches and then you come in as the consultant so you see something else that is there. I had a I had a conversation with Marcus Timms, who's the hitting coach for the uh, Angels, and I asked him about Shohei Otani, and he was saying that Shohei doesn't even take batting practice on the field. Well, Shohei ain't taking anything because he's out for the year now, but he doesn't even take batting practice out on the field. He just goes in and does his T work. Is there any routine that some of these guys and you brought it up being able to stay in your routine? Or do, is there any routines that are unique in any way that you've seen from some of these guys? So it varies from guy to guy. Um, obviously, here in Atlanta, man, it's a it's 120 degrees out there on that field, you know, <laughs> uh, on, on a given day, and. If you go out and you do that day after day after day, it's going to take its toll on you physically. So, you know, much like when I went into Bobby's office about midway through my career and said, Skipper, do you trust me? And he's like, of course. I was like, I can't go out there to batting practice every single day. You know, if we're on the road and we're in a new stadium, the first day in, yeah, I'll go and I'll take batting practice, get used to roll balls down the third baseline, uh, you know, get my ground balls, kind of get my bearings uh, a little bit. But after that, I too will be in the cage, taking my flips, doing my T-work. Um, but but Bobby trusted me to be ready at 7 o'clock. And Snit is with a ton of uh, club. We may only have four to six guys on the entire roster taking batting practice outside. And most of that are the bench guys because right. they need it. They need to it sharp. And, uh, but most of the guys who are playing every day, save maybe one or two of them, they, they rely on that cage work. And that's basically it. But they are ready come 705. Yeah, we're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. And Chip, you know, we were talking a little bit about this team and the numbers. You got four guys with 35 home runs. That's talking about getting in there and getting it done and, and being prepared. You brought that up. But one of the guys that everybody always asks me to ask you about is Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, this is a guy that you and I have had conversations about what you thought of him, but a lot of people don't get a chance to hear you 
in that type of, of vein. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is almost a 40-40 guy. He's almost a 40-70 guy. And he is somebody that you told me the ball sounds a little bit different coming off of his bat. Now the world, because he is, this is the first time he's been injured. Like, this is the first time that he's been able to play as many games as he's played, and now he's dealing with this little calf injury. How special is he, and who can you compare him to that you played against, grew up watching, or you think he is the next person? I would say if there was anybody that I could remotely compare him to, it would be Ricky Henderson. On, on steroids. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you know, hey, you know you can't say steroids, right? <laughs> That's a, you know, I, I'm speaking metaphorically. I, I don't, I, you know, neither one of these guys, I don't think, were, were on steroids. My point is, it's like he takes what, what, what Ricky did to the new level. Yes, he's not going to go out and steal hundred bags like Ricky. Uh, but Ricky's not gonna, he's not gonna hit 40 homers like, like Acuna. You right. know? And Ricky was not the defender that Acuna is, you know? So I've said it many times and, and I don't know if people agree with me or not. Um, and it's high praise for, for the kid, but this is the most talented baseball player to ever don a Braves uniform. Mm. And, and, and you know you can you can say well be Andrew. Some people have said. Some people have certainly said. But there are certain things that each of us, the rest of us who have done this uniform, cannot do as well as this guy does everything. You know, right? Um, you know, you can you can sit here and say, well, you know, uh, Hank Aaron was a better hitter. Okay. Yeah, he was a better hitter, but he didn't steal 60 or 70 bases. And he definitely didn't play defense the way this kid does. Or, you know, you can say that Andrew hit 51 homers and, you know, played gold glove defense. Yep, he sure did. Andrew never hit 340 for an entire year, you know, and he didn't certainly didn't steal 60 or 70 bags. So there is something that we don't do that this kid does extremely well, and that's why I labeled him the most talented player that's ever that's ever donned this uniform. And I don't think a lot of people will, will disagree, especially as he continues to grow in this game, because the game starts to look a little bit easy for him. Um, the way he addresses everything at the play, the way he doesn't back down, and when people try to dust him off, he comes right back up there and pretty much embarrasses them by the way that he goes out there and plays the game. And especially now when you start looking at the fact that the rules that are in place makes it easier for him, not easier, but makes him become more aggressive on the base pass. This is a guy that studies the game. And every time I watch him, I'm more and more impressed by the way he carries himself too. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very confident. He's very, uh, he, he's, he's very confident. He got some, he got some serious swag about him and that rubs people the wrong way. But you never see it really, really bother him. I mean, you can, you can throw him high and tight and he may look at you, but, um, more times than not, and he answers with a bullet somewhere, yep. you know, or, or a great defensive player, a stolen base to, to give that pitcher you know, an earned run. Um, you certainly look at the seasons that the guys behind them are having, and I think it's in a direct reflection of the kind of player and the kind of pressure that Ronald Acuna puts on opposing pitchers and opposing defenses right from the first pitch of the ball game. No doubt. We're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones, and Chipper, I wanted to get into this uh, playoff situation, the scenarios that are out there. Obviously, when you look at the National League, you guys are, are, are still rolling strong. I think you're going to be fine. Get Acuna back. Your pitching staff has been on point. The Dodgers have done a great job, as always, with Mookie Betts and your good buddy, Freddie Freeman, who, man, 
you, you get rid of Freeman and then you got Olsen and Olsen breaks the record. I mean, you did okay when that in that swap out. I know you wouldn't love to have Freddie around, but when you're looking at the East, I mean, at the National League, is it going to be the Braves and the Dodgers again to see who's going to represent the NL in the World Series? Uh, I mean, the records would have you believe that, but, um, you know, the, the, the scariest time, I think if if the Braves played any of these teams in a seven-game series, I think eventually we would wear them down and probably move on. The scariest series is the first series. You know, it's a yeah. five-game series, best-of-five series, and a best-of-five series, the best team doesn't always win. Um, you know, so I think the Cubs have a little something for somebody they are uh, from a starting pitching standpoint. Yep. Uh, Bellinger's had a had a had a, a breakout, you know, a, a comeback season, a really good one. Um, I think the Phillies are always dangerous as long as you got uh, Wheeler at the top of that rotation and an offense that won't quit. Uh, you know, the this rotation first is phenomenal. Um, You know, and with the the Braves and Dodgers having so much time off between clinching and actually playing a meaningful series in October, you're talking about two and a half, three weeks uh, without playing, you know, uh, those those meaningful games where you really uh, turn up the intensity. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting this first series. And I, I can tell you right now, Yes, the Dodgers and the Braves should be there, but I think the Dodgers and the Braves will be the first ones to tell you, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> that, that, that first series for both of those teams is awfully scary. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then you jump over to the American League. We've been talking about Baltimore all season. This this is, this is the first time that they'll be back in the postseason since 2016. Um, Hyde has done a great job with that ball club. You look at the Rays, the Rays are in there. They've done a good job, especially after the Wander Franco situation. They continue to play good baseball. But then you look at Minnesota and in the AL West, where this is something to see as always. Houston has the most experience, but are they going to be able to hold it together? The Texas Rangers are a team that you and I were both excited about, but we didn't expect them to have all the injuries that they had. And, and and the pitching has been kind of suspect, especially in the back end. And then Seattle's always just kind of hanging around, waiting for somebody. He's like that that person at the club just waiting for that one to say, oh, yeah, she looked like she ready or he ready. So they just kind of sit there on the outside. What do you make of the AL West? And I wanted to ask you about uh, Corey Seager and the numbers that he's been putting up, too, by the way. Oh, to address your first and to to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. And um, you know, until somebody beats Houston, and I know that that warms your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, they're the team to beat. Still, I really do. Uh, we got a chance to see them here this season, and if they're firing on all cylinders, man, they are. They're tough, you know. So uh, I would I would go with Houston there as far as your man. It's a shame that he's only played 104 or five games up to this point. Um, but, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about uh, him sneaking in the back door and, and, and sneak his MVP away from Shohei, especially with, you know, the, the way the Angels played since the trade deadline. And Seager has basically thrown uh, a, a, a team that was just, I mean – wallowing in mediocrity for about the last month or so, just threw him on his back and said, here we go, boys. And uh, for him to have the numbers that he has, uh, it's a shame because if he he had 140 or 50 games under his belt, I don't think he, I don't think it would be uh, a decision to be made. I know. He is amazing. I, I got a chance to see him in spring training. The one thing that I didn't realize was how big he is. Oh, man, we lost Chip. But I didn't realize how big Corey Seager is. And that is uh, one of those guys calling him back. Guys. So hold on. Just be patient. 
I just want him to finish his cigar thought. I guess he lost it. But I want to thank Chipper Jones for joining us today. Um, he's right. Corey Seager is one of those guys that I have always looked at and how big he is and how smooth he's been able to play at a big shortstop. I've been really, really impressed with him all season long. So it's a lot to get into, but I believe that he thinks that until you beat the champs, that is the only way you can become the champ. So a special shout out to my man, Chipper Jones. Always a good conversation with him. When we get closer to the World Series, um, it is going to be a very interesting time around baseball. It is that time. As usual, I want to give a special shout out to audiovisual consultations. Whether you need all these big screens, you need some lighting, you need some sound, what you do is call Tom and his crew, and they will take care of it. Whether you're doing it inside or outside, or you're about to open a bar, Tom and his crew will take care of you. Go to, oh, give them a call at 512-255-8678, or hit them up at avconsultations.com. If there's a big game that you want a TV put into your house, give them a call. They will definitely make it work for you. Brad Kellner's got a bunch of TVs in his crib. I have a few in mind as well. So you want to make sure you have the best sound system and get people to come over. My man JT came over this weekend to watch the game with us. He's always talking about my my, my TVs. And he's like, man, are you at a sports bar? No, man. I'm just trying to make sure I can continue to do my job and bring it to the people. That's Tom McKay and AV Consultations. AVConsultations.com. I also want to give a shout out to Pest Wranglers. Go to PestWranglers.com so you can get everything you need for your pest control needs. It is a locally owned business. It's a small family business, and it's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to definitely happy customers. Make sure of that. Uh, the company is was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their customers or their employees. So he said, you know what? If you want to get it done right, come work with me. And you know if I'm working with them, that is something that is definitely first class. Pest Wranglers service most of the Central Texas area. And if you're needing help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need inspections for your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at Pest wranglers.com. The beautiful thing about pest wranglers is they won't make you sign a contract because they believe that happy customers don't want to go anywhere else. So check out their ratings on their five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all other referral sites. I want to make sure that we uh, continue this as, as the season goes on. We were talking Major League Baseball. We talked a little bit about the Texas Longhorns and the expectation in the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So just remember that. Don't always judge everything so roughly because you got to remember, just like with Deion Sanders, people are losing their mind and now they're wishing that they lose games. And that's fine. That's just who you are. You're a hater. All the, You're going to be a hater forever. But let's not forget, this team was never chosen to play in the college football playoffs. This team was expected to win Three, 2.7 games. They've already exceeded that. What's wrong with y'all? Now y'all talking to them. Oh, they're, they're, they're going to fade. They should. But they're not. They're going to continue to fight. They're going to continue to go out there and play. Now the challenge is going to be a little bit different. We all knew that going into it. But you thought TCU was going to run them out of there. Found out that was a loss. Then the following week, they go out there and they play Nebraska. That coach Rule is one of the best coaches in the world. He knows how to get those guys ready. They're not going to be ready. Oh, well, Nebraska's not that good. So, yeah, okay. And then this week, they were supposed to blow out Colorado State. All the talk, all the hype. They were down. They drove 98 yards to send it to overtime and then to win the game. Come on, people. Put some thought into this and understand this guy was never supposed to be here and they have already exceeded expectations they got more wins than Dion got toes 
time, baby. And they're out there playing hard. That's the problem that I have with y'all is because y'all moved the goalposts on the man. Or they're not going to play for our national champ. They weren't supposed to. They weren't supposed to. But give them their props. They're showing up. Boulder has never been on the map like it's been on the map. Businesses are thriving because of him. Game day has been the Boulder Folsom field more than they've ever been since uh, Eric Bieniemy was playing in college. Cordell Stewart. But y'all mad because he's telling you what he's going to do. You just heard my man Chipper Jones. Y'all just heard him talk about him as a person. Y'all see that, but he's always been that. I told y'all that last week. Quit hating. Quit putting on people's downfall. You don't have to like them, but quit your hating. It's not a good look on them. It's really not. And you know who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to, homeboy. I also want to bring up the Dallas Cowboys. I'll get into more of that conversation tomorrow and recap the weekend of um, college football, Big 12. Man, are we on life support in the Big 12? And y'all, you Big 12 fans talking all that trash. Leave Texas. Leave Oklahoma. We don't want you here. Well, guess what? Your, your, your conference is playing bad. You got two teams ranked in the top 20. And it's the two teams you're trying to get rid of. But they don't make a difference for you guys. They don't make a difference for you guys. Not quite that nonsense. Go hang out with Brett Yarmark. That's going to be the only way you're going to continue to have this. Y'all better be thankful. All you hating people, you better be thankful that Dion's coming to the Big 12 next year. It's the only reason you're going to be talked about. Because your two bell cows are going to be gone. Yeah, hating, hating selves. I'm just playing. I'm messing with y'all. <laughs> hate all you want to. That's what it's all about. I like it. I like it when y'all hate. They do too. But again, we're going to talk a lot about all the games that happened this weekend. Dallas Cowboys put out another dominant performance. Micah Parsons is him. You know, everybody uses that terminology, him. He is definitely him. He is him and he is he. Because that dude is a monster. And what he's doing with that defense and what Dan Quinn goes back to what I was saying to start the show. You look at what PK has done and what he's brought out of these guys and the ability to call defenses now in the Big 12 opposed to where he was a couple years ago. And I really think that Dan Quinn gets the ultimate joy of watching this team play. Michael Parsons getting dialed up. He was across the center, coming off the edge, lined up at the linebacker position. Dude is an absolute freak. And the one thing that every team needs to win championships is, number one, a good defense. We all talk about a defense wins championship. But most importantly, speed kills. And if you bring the speed and you can move sideline to sideline and Dak go out there and play good Dak football and bring that energy that team is going to be hell to a lot of people. I told you, stick around. Make sure you pay attention to the Dallas Cowboys. You watch the Texas Longhorns. Don't be too high and don't be too low because a win is a win, and everybody loves to celebrate wins. I don't care how ugly it is. When you win the game, that means you're moving on, and now you moved up to the number three spot in the nation. What more can you ask for? I want to thank my man, Chipper Jones. Sorry about it. He had a situation. He'll be in the box next time. We'll get him in. I told y'all that he's going to break down uh, baseball like no other. We had a great conversation. Make sure you tune into that. My man BK and, and Trey are getting ready to join in just a minute. I know that they got a lot to get into, but remember this, folks. Don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Bring in my man BK real quick. How you doing, sir? Doing great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. See, you're doing a good job up there. You got sponsor on top of sponsor. We get another sponsor that we're going to start this week. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about. Continued success. 
And what did you take away from Chipper Jones' interview? That was awesome. I took away that uh, he must have a face for radio or something. He's too scared to come <laughs> on screen. What's the deal? Come on, Chip. Yeah, it's great. He probably didn't shave. He had, he had a hunting weekend with the boys. He was hanging out with his boys this weekend, so he was probably looking a little rough. Yeah, nah, my biggest takeaway <laughs> – Shoot, I didn't go hunting, and I'm feeling like I'm looking a little rough today. But how about the praise for Ronald Acuna Jr., man? I mean, you think about all of the talented ball players that Chipper Jones has been around over the course of his life, and for him yeah. to heap that type of praise on Acuna, I mean, that's that's a big freaking deal. Like, when when some guys say it, okay, whatever, but when Chipper it's Jones... Right? Yeah, yeah, when yeah, a Hall of Famer like that, one of the best yeah. players, if not the best player in that franchise's history is saying, no, it's not me. It's that dude who's the best player in our franchise's history. That's a pretty big deal. So, yeah, that was uh, that was an awesome conversation. And obviously the Dion stuff was pretty cool too. But, uh, yeah, that was great yeah. to listen to, man. Thanks for making that happen. Always, brother. Trey, y'all have a great, great show, my friends, as always.